Hi, and welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. I'm Angie Cabe, CEO and co-founder of Intuity Performance. I'm a performance coach, HR professional, whole person leadership facilitator, and your host. The Human Side of Business podcast is fueled by the genuine curiosity to understand how personal characteristics and skills can be leveraged to drive individual and team performance, tangible outcomes, and ultimately organizational success within business. Each podcast is devoted to sharing knowledge, expanding our learning edges, and exploring the trends in corporate culture towards growing the emotional intelligence of organizations. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the Human Side of Business podcast. How are you making out today? Thanks, Ange. Uh, thanks for having me. Doing good. Doing good. It's uh, it's a Friday morning. The sun's out. It's clear. So, yeah. No complaints as of yet. It's still early though, right? No, I'm just joking. It is. It is. <laughs> so today's topic is uh, trust and transparency. But before we dive in and get vulnerable, um, why don't you tell us and, and tell our friends out there who you are, uh, a little bit about your leadership journey and where you're currently landing as a leader. Uh, my name is Jeff Kelly. I'm the chief executive officer for an organization called the Flower Cart Group uh, in Umanis, Nova Scotia. Um, we're an organization that provides um, various uh, uh, supported employment training and life enhancement opportunities uh, to adults uh, with disabilities and, and various dis- various abilities. Um, I've been uh, been the CEO for almost ten years now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a, a, a an experience. I don't want to say it's a unique experience because I'm sure others have shared something similar to uh, to the journey that I've gone through to this point and and still where where I'm going. But um, it's uh, certainly um, because it's a human service organization, and we we support. Um, we support adults uh, uh, with varying abilities. It's uh, it, it's it's a very positive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, our mission is is very much a people focused mission. So um, that uh, tends to be the driving factor that gets me out of bed in the morning to keep doing this for for ten years. Uh, I'm a I'm a consummate Gen Xer. I've changed careers several times through uh, through my my working life so far. <laughs> and this is the longest job I've ever had. So there you go. <laughs> That's fantastic back- background, Jeff. Thanks for enlightening us kind of where, where you're jumping off from, from a leadership experiential perspective. So trust and transparency, the both large topics. What has been your biggest lesson when it comes to trust and transparency in the workplace? My biggest lesson so far if I was to take the second word of the topic and throw it to the first, uh, at least in my experience and with the group, the amazing people that I spend my days with, um, transparency breeds trust. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my guiding um, direction, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um when I came in, when I started this position, um, my predecessor had been uh, CEO for 22 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he had been with the organization previous to uh, becoming CEO for a stint, had a direct educational and work background in this particular sector where uh, I've, I worked in um, a few nonprofits uh, before 
but I wasn't directly ever employed in the field providing supports to adults with disabilities. So mm-hmm. um, I walked in brand new to the organization. I was the most junior employee for the first six years of my tenure as CEO <laughs> in the organization. So I had several employees that you were still considered a junior employee if you had about 12 years. In. Wow. Still wow. Considered junior. So I come into an organization that didn't have a lot of turnover. I came into a workplace that wasn't used to a lot of change in general and certainly no change in its senior leadership. Mm -hmm. So um, right off the get-go, I found myself, uh, you know, uh, issues of of, uh, trust and getting to know the new guy, right? Right. Who just happens to be the CEO. And in typical, uh, you know, typical CEO or senior leader, Ship fashions come in with ideas about change. I'm looking back now because there's been some retirements since then. Mm-hmm. Um, three out of the five had almost 30 years in into each in the organization. Wow. So collectively, you know, you're looking at a, about a century's worth of collective experience. And knowledge. Um, yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I'm kind of a generational, like I, I like, um, I like demographics and, and studying the, the different generations. So, you know, they were all baby boomers and here's this Gen X kid coming in and they were all older <laughs> than, I was, than I was. And, uh, you know, here's this kid coming in to be the boss now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> but they were a stellar, fantastic group of people. Um, if I was to go back to your original question, I, I would say, um, you know, Open communication right from the get-go is what I started with everybody. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a policy um, with my office, and this applied to uh, the folks that we support that we call clients and or participants, uh, right up to my most senior staff person. And that is if if my office door was open, then I'm interruptible for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was closed, I was in a meeting or on the phone and um, just asked everybody to respect that. So um, I really, people needed to get to know me just as much as I needed to get to know everybody else. So needed to create those opportunities that people felt safe and welcome to come and talk to me and engage with me. There's a lot that you've said that is piquing my interest. So I really like your approach to getting to know me integration. So there's still boundaries, right? Because Mm. oftentimes what you hear from leaders is, yes, I always have an open door policy. And that can be disheartening to some employees when they see that your door is closed half the time, right? Because the, the realistic approach of things is that you do have to close your door sometimes to have confidential conversations, just to have uh, some space to focus, uh, as well as continue to lead the organization. So really appreciating your thought process around, hey, when my door is open, please come in, get to know me, interrupt me. Um, that's, that is an authentic approach to, to transparency, which I'm sure helped you along the way with trust. The other thing that was coming up for me was going way back in, in your comments, Jeff, you had said, transparency breeds trust. Tell us more about your definition of that and and maybe a quick anecdotal story behind it. It's something that, you know, to be quite honest, Ange, I still work on mm. um, because I... I get you. It is. I, I get thoughts in my head and I get directions and I'm thinking about um, different approaches to do things or, you know, 
um, taking certain departments in different directions or, you know, all within our, our purpose statement in mind, right. Mm-hmm. As, as my guiding uh, that I get from my board of directors, but being completely transparent with those ideas to especially my senior leadership and all my staff to bring ideas to them early and be completely honest with them that I do accept constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. Where are mm-hmm. you guys thinking? But at the same time, I lay the foundation, for example, um, transitioning a lot of our enterprises into real waged employment is something that I've been, is one of my key. You've been very passionate about that. Since I've been here. And a lot of my senior staff, that's not something that they were really, it wasn't a lens that they applied front and center for a lot of the operations through years. Right. Some of my newer staff, because I did have a lot of retirements, especially during the early days of the pandemic period, Mm -hmm. are more open to figuring ways to to make that happen. So, um, you know, if I was to share a story, one of my early days stories, early days, an opportunity came up with a a local business not too far from us. And um, I wanted the uh, work training experiences to be uh, compensated, Mm -hmm. participants to be compensated. And Mm -hmm. I basically said, guys, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to do this. Let's make it happen. Let's put ideas out on the table. And they, you know, to the credit of the, my team at the time, I think it was well understood that this was a line in the sand for me. I wasn't going to back down from this. So, but at the same time, I was looking to them to say, you guys are the experts in delivering this. Mm-hmm. How are we going to make this work? Mm-hmm. And they rose to the occasion and to their credit, it's not like they couldn't, we couldn't figure it out as a group, right? include participants within it, but it just wasn't their go-to mindset from the beginning. So they mm-hmm. just weren't used to it. Right. So um, I was quite open with them say, you know, you know, gang, these opportunities that are coming up, if it's related to employment and vocational type of tasks, mm-hmm. um, yes, there can be training elements to it, but I want compensation to be attached to it for the people that are going out and doing this. Right. So that kind of lens is something we put front and center now whenever we get approached by a business to um, uh, provide individuals or work teams or within our supported employment services uh, division. So I wouldn't say it didn't meet with any resistance. There was some resistance, but it was mm-hmm. more clarity around, and they really forced me to articulate what this vision I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they were open to hearing it, right? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't completely, nope, not do that doesn't work. Can't do that. That's not doing that. We're not right. doing that right. type of thing. So, um, but, you know, full transparency, we know each other. So, you know, I'm not a very uh, a confrontational person and, uh, you know, certainly not in, intimidating um, as a as a boss per se. So, uh, I think that's one of the things I turn. I don't see that as a weakness. I see that as a strength if I play it as a strength. Very much so, because I, I hear you in the sense that you're you're utilizing that from a place of authenticity. Like you're using that from a place of of positive, what I call positive vulnerability, right? So mm-hmm. you're saying, "Hey, I have a thought that I really want to put out here." 
you're my subject matter expertise. Let's, let's problem solve this. We're in this together, essentially, is what I'm hearing. And based on that transparency and that continued effort that you've put in over time, Jeff, is what, what I'm hearing is you've built strong trust across the team, especially your management group. Uh, one thing, you know, like with any relationships in general, whether For it's sure. work or personal, um, trust is so hard to earn and it can be so easily lost, mm-hmm. so quickly lost, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I through throughout this 10 years, I'm guilty of sometimes I if I could go back and do a few things differently, I absolutely would. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> we all would. We all. Would. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, so. and it, it's funny, Jeff, because when I hear you speak, it's it's like you found your how to transparency minimally. And and what I'm sensing is that based on your organization, based on the temperature of your culture, you know how much to be transparent and with whom. And and I think that's a really, because I don't feel like there's a one size fits all in organizations, period. You have your baseline, you want to be ethical and consistent, common sense applies, all that great stuff. But it's so funny that you say that because I was, I just had the epiphany and I haven't thought about this for some time, but in my early 20s, I thought transparency was you let everything hang out on the table. If you're upset, no. you let it hang out. If you're overly excited, you let it hang out. If you're yeah. frustrated or angry with something, you let it hang out. And so it's I found I find with professional maturity, and as you elevate as a leader, you're figuring out yourself first from a level of transparency and a level of trust that you want within your organization. And then you also hear your people and adapt the same. And so when I think about us here at Intuity Performance, my level of transparency and trust with my business partner is slightly different than my consultants. I don't value him more than others. I don't treat him differently. I don't hide anything from anybody else, but it's just the nature of the business and our relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And so for my business partner and I, we've actually set out agreements with each other because you know what it's like. You can have difficult conversations or what feels sticky in some circumstances. You may have passionate debates. Um, Scott, my business partner and I, we have almost like a brother sisterly love kind of going on there, right? So we've been able to look at things from a place of curiosity. And, Mm -hmm. and I think once we flip that switch to going from an actual debate, which is what we've been brought up or brought into the workplace to understand or negotiate. Once we move from that track to curiosity and problem solving, the whole vibe between us have shifted. So now we can come into conversations and, (laughs) and we make a joke. Um, I love Brene Brown. So for those of you who are Brene Brown friends, you know, uh, for those who don't, she's amazing, uh, an amazing researcher out of U Texas on uh, vulnerability, guilt, shame. Uh, And she's published many books that you should check out. But aside from that, we've taken kind of a, a page of her book to say, you know, ready to rumble. So what that means is that when you get in the arena, you know, you're, you're showing your raw, vulnerable self and coming from a place of problem solving, essentially. So now we have a joke. And if we're talking about strategic planning and we hit a wall, then Scott may say, or I may say, are you ready to rumble? And, you know, it kind of lightens the mood to identify right. that, you know, we're going to be really transparent here, but we trust at the end of the day that we're coming out or we're coming at this from a place of GG, greater good, Right. And I think it's so important in leadership when it comes to transparency and trust that those are things that we have a responsibility and an opportunity to build upon day by day. 
but also being able to adapt to what people need. Because you may need a different level of transparency and trust from me than someone else may need, right? So I think there's this mm-hmm. other attunement that leaders need to really understand that there's there's a lot of factors that come into this place called trust. You know, um, there, obviously there's many books. Uh, Covey's a, a big author on trust-based uh, leadership. And I think when it comes down to it, there's things like empathy and humility and authenticity. And they're great buzzwords. But as leaders, I feel like we have the food, we have the responsibility to really understand what they mean to us and how we're going to be able to translate them uh, across our organization for our team members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I took over here, I was um, in my early 40s and uh, I had still, it was my first um, overall senior leadership role. I had mm. I'd been had leadership positions in other organizations, but I I was the the director at the time, and um, you know just doing a check on your own energy and enthusiasm, which mm. is crucial to have, but at the same time, that ability to understand when it's appropriate to overshare or mm. when you do overshare, maybe that was such a great idea, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> can we just back out of this one please yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely for sure and so jeff for our listeners from your seat in leadership if there's anything that you could tell them about the transparency slash trust journey what would you want them to hear um being transparent means you have to come from a place of vulnerability um, because for me, being transparent means being open to hear um, um, yeah, both support and uh, some criticism mm-hmm. of, of what it is. You know, I'm, t- I'm talking about in the context of of new ideas, new directions and change. Yes, yes then, fair. especially in a change management environment, which I still find myself in. Because you can't come into an organization who's had a senior leader for over two decades and still not be in change management. Coupled with that, um, you know, we've been in a, a campaign to build a new facility and augment some of our program offerings and a, and a change in overall um, vision for the organization. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. being transparent means the openness to be vulnerable and, and that vulnerability be shown. Mm-hmm. And maybe okay. it's because, you know, maybe it's because I work in a human service sector. Um, generally, most people that are drawn to work in this field um, are empathetic people by nature. Yes. Service is one of their primary objectives. I, I tend to agree. And so they're a little more open to that, that kind of, uh, leadership style because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, you know if it, if you're a command and control leader uh, certainly uh, vulnerability I don't know I can't think of it but like maybe the military or something be detrimental to uh, your organization and its objectives that it wants to achieve because those that are following you need you to be that rock 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And vulnerability doesn't necessarily mean over emotional or, you know, a sappy mess type of thing. <laughs> but to me, it just means it happens, but I understand yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, it, it, to me, it, it means being open to hearing um, from your, from your team. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We had a recent example and I didn't, I didn't, to be totally honest, I didn't even realize that we were, that we were doing it. So uh, with our clients, we, we speak about culture playbooks. We speak about vulnerability. We speak about, um, you know, and we offer a lot of coaching services from an executive coaching perspective. So this is the stuff we jam on a daily basis. And we were sitting around the table. So it was a, a all hands operational meeting. And we were talking about social media and how to get ourselves out there. I got called out in the middle of the meeting with regards to social media uh, and not being as present as I can be on video um, for multiple reasons. One, you have to be vulnerable to be out there. <laughs> and two, just the the nature of our operations right now as, as we're scaling and growing, um, it can be quite challenging uh, to balance that time. Anyways, all this to say is I did a video I put it out there and one of our consultants had said, you know, this seems like, this seems like a lot, like there's a lot jam packed in this video. And of course he meant it from a place of love, but constructive criticism. And so um, I went to the team and I, and we were talking about this video and the team was like, sorry, I I didn't catch that. Or maybe uh, one or two people didn't see it or something like that. And so I said, well, let's pull it up. Let's look at it. And I didn't even think about it, that I was being super vulnerable to sit in front of my team, have them watch the video and then critique it. And so afterwards we were sitting back and, and one of the team members looked at me and they were just like, and like, wow, like what an expression of vulnerability. Like you just kind of sat there with grace and, and accepted the feedback that we had and, and asked more questions. Because for me, when I, when I start to look at being vulnerable to your point, Jeff, I think you painted the picture great to say you know, you have an idea or you have a concept or you're putting something out there, but you have really smart people around you to help support it, to help make it better. Because for me, when I do videos and just using this small example, when I do videos, I'm not doing it for myself. I want to get really great at doing videos from a social media perspective so people can see what what we have to offer them, the gifts that we can give them essentially. Right. So it's not about me looking good, but rather me supporting intuity and growing its uh, brand based on our core values. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The time has flown by Jeff. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed this. This was, this was a lot of fun and uh, you know, uh, had some, had some epiphanies myself doing, doing this as self-reflection can often you know, uh, bring you, I think, which is why I'm a, a big supporter of it. And, you know, looking back and thinking ahead at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Enjoy the rest of your day and to our subscribership, take good care. Thanks for listening to the human side of business podcast. I'm glad you could join us. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to stay updated with our latest content, make sure to visit our website. The link can be found in the episode description where you can subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our newsletter, and learn more about our whole person leadership services. Sounds interesting? Explore the whole person leadership cohort by Intuity Performance, a unique program that offers unparalleled support to managers on every step of their leadership journey. Our program features evidence-based assessments, workbooks, group coaching, and interactive learning experiences to help you level up your leadership skills. 
Reach out today to apply to one of our upcoming cohorts. Until next time, take care and stay curious.